Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Going There, the crossroads where music and mental health meet. This season of Going There is brought to you by the fine folks at the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson, who never stop working to create a future where disease is a thing of the past. This month's episodes of Going There focus on depression and are specially presented by Publicis Health, the world's leading healthcare communications network. Publicis Health envisions a world where people are equipped and motivated to take control of their health, and they believe there is no health without mental health. To learn more about Publicis Health's mental health initiatives, visit www.publicishealth. That's www.publicishealth.com slash mental dash health. Today we are talking with singer-songwriter and musician Lizzie Hale, founding member and frontwoman of the hard rock band Hailstorm. Hailstorm hit the scene in 2009 with their self-titled debut album. They went on to win a Grammy in 2013 for their song Love Bites, So Do I, and then were nominated again in 2019 for their song Uncomfortable. Their most recent album, Back From The Dead, was released in May of 2022 and was described as having raw, tortured sentiments with furious chops and beats to match. They are known for their intense live shows and rigorous touring schedule. Hailstorm is in the middle of an American tour through early October and then embarks on a tour of Europe in November. So check out a show in a town near you. And you can find out more about all of Hailstorm's music, tour dates, and merchandise at hailstormrocks.com. Now on the Going There podcast, we have the tough conversations to address important issues so we can learn from each other, challenge the stigma of mental illness, and get the care we need. And one of the toughest things that people who struggle with mental illness face is where, how, and from whom to get the support they need when they are struggling with their mental health. And Lizzie talks about a very difficult issue, which is struggling with both panic and depression. Now, this is a comorbid condition that many people face, and which Lizzie has described as when, quote, all the monsters feed on each other. And what she means by that is oftentimes when people are depressed, they are more likely to experience anxiety and catastrophic thoughts, and therefore eventually experience panic. And conversely, when people panic, people often lose energy and become hopeless about being able to do the things that they want to do in their lives, which can contribute to depression. And Lizzie talked about the struggle that she's had with depression and panic, including the guilt she feels from struggling, even though in so many ways she's had a wonderful and successful life. And Lizzie goes on to explain how members of the band, including her brother RJ and her boyfriend and guitarist Joe, help her during these difficult times. And one of the things that they did was provide a really good combination of validating what she was going through and also helping her problem solve. It's so important when we are coping with mental health issues that we do both of these things. We have to validate our feelings so we feel understood and have a sense of why we feel the way we feel. And when we are ready, we have to then problem solve so that we can try to reduce our suffering. And I was really impressed by how supportive her bandmates were. And for Lizzie, getting social support is an important coping strategy that she adds to her other coping strategies, such as positive visualization, writing, playing music, and journaling. Now, as we progress through this season of Going There, our goal is to bring you, the audience, further into the conversation. On the Consequence website and wherever you find these episodes, you'll also find a short questionnaire. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions you have that have been sparked by our conversations with these incredible artists, and topics you'd love to see addressed. We incorporate these responses into episodes, as well as a monthly column called Ask Dr. Mike on the Consequence website. 
If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. These help other folks find their way into the conversation so they can go there with us. So let's go there and listen to what Lizzie has to say. Hey, Lizzie, welcome to Going There. Oh, so glad to see you. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to be talking again. Uh, so <laughs> it's been a while, but let's get let's get right into it. And let's talk about your song, because this whole album uh, has a, a tremendous amount of, of, you know, mental health themes in it. But the song, the title track, Back From The Dead, uh, kicks it all off. So why don't we start with talking about that? Absolutely. Uh, Back from the Dead was uh, very cathartic. I think it went through about three different song stages before it, the puzzle pieces started to kind of come together. In fact, I believe I believe one of the first drafts, my, uh, my guitar player, Joe, he takes photographs and he found this photo of me like on the floor of the living room and I'm writing this song called It's Alive. So <laughs> I was circling around there somewhere. But um, for for this song, I mean, through writing this and drafting and redrafting, I had to do something as more or less a roadmap. Uh, I had to kind of draw out a roadmap for myself to get myself out of this funk that I was in. There was, you know, I don't think I realized how much I use everything that is involved in this band to kind of combat that darkness and, you know, and to, and to just using them as weapons in my arsenal. So touring without having the forward movement, the mission statements, the camaraderie with your fans, with your bandmates, I really did use this album to uh, work these things out in my head because that was the only tool that I had left. And with Back from the Dead, I wanted to write myself um, more or less an anthem, something that almost trying to, I want to say, visualize where that happier spot was in order for me to kind of get there. And it's really interesting because when you start doing that in songwriting, you, you start to believe it. <laughs> you start to believe like, okay, I'm going to make, make it through this. I put it down on paper. I'm singing about it. Um, I'm manifesting this. And, uh, and so when we ended up finishing the song, it was almost like I could take a lot of those feelings that I was dealing with and just kind of put it to the side and be like, all right, I, I've, I don't know where I'm going to be in the next couple of days. But for now I figured that out and almost give yourself like a little bit of a pep talk. Be like, all right, I'm, I'm putting that out there in the universe. It's going to be okay. And I am, I'm bigger than this more or less. You know, it's, it's interesting because the lyric that really stuck out to me is hell couldn't hold <laughs> me down. And one, it was, you know, it was just a cool lyric, but the, the concept of, of, of depression as feeling like hell, the part that I think is is maybe more obvious to people is just, you know, hell's a bad place, depression's a bad place. But the but the sense that you have done something wrong that mandates that you be mm. here. That sense that is something that I think a lot of people when they struggle with depression have, which is that I must have done something to deserve mm -hmm. this. And I'm just kind of curious if 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 that lyric came from that place or if it just it was coming from a no, different you place. You kind of hit the nail on the head because I know I, I have a tendency to spiral out when I get down, whereas there is a lot of things that in in retrospect, there's things that you think of like either I, I'm not good enough or I've I, all of a sudden you're reminded of all the things that you have done wrong, you know, in, in whatever the past year you get, you'd start almost, it's like feeling like you've gone too far over the line to the point that, well, I might as well just sit here in this hole because this is exactly where I deserve to be. And really the, the, the hell that I'm talking about is, is, is the hell that I, you did. You, I like, I built that for myself. I had, there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of guilt for even feeling that way. Like, I, you know, for me, what I had to kind of come to terms with is what are other people going to think about me talking about being depressed or having anxiety or, or, or getting, getting well acquainted with some panic attacks that I haven't had since I was high school. There's guilt from that too, because, you know, look, I am a fairly pleasant person 90% of the time. Um, I have a great job. I'm, I'm doing what I love as a living. I know a lot of people have a lot more, you know, whatever. That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, people are, have 
much more difficult situations than this. So why am I feeling that way? And, and so that spirals into, you know, this self doubt as well. And, um, I definitely have a lot of imposter syndrome, like, well, maybe it's because I really don't actually deserve to be here, that kind of thing. And, and with this life and with, you know, living my dream, whatever, I have wonderful people around me. So why do I feel that way? So that it kind of lobs back and forth and you build those walls kind of around yourself so that it's kind of hard to see where it's going to go, like what's on the other side. And so, yeah, with, 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 this song, I was definitely trying to, you know, for lack of a better term, dig myself out <laughs> of, of the grave I was putting myself in. You know, and it's it's so hard for people to understand that saying, well, I have such a great life, why am I depressed, is the exact same thing as saying, well, I have such a great life, why do I have yeah. diabetes? I have such a great life, why do I have asthma? And it's it's so hard because even when you're in it and you know that this isn't necessarily a judgment in your own head on your life, you know, depression is just like, or anxiety or just like any other physical health issue. For some reason, we wind up saying, well, this is, this is not only do we feel badly, but we condemn mm -hmm. ourselves for feeling badly. And then the thing that gets even worse is that the better that our life is, the greater the condemnation, because it means we are even less justified to feel this way. And it's like, oh my God, I just went from feeling depressed to feeling like three times exactly, as depressed. Exactly. And, and, you know, when you start to reach out, I, I've been very open, especially within the last couple of years, uh, to, uh, our fan base about it. And for the, and the majority, 95% of everybody is, is grateful that, you know, it's, they're, they're looking up to me in a certain sense, but they're grateful that I can also have those feelings. And then you have the 5%. that's like, why are you complaining online? Like, yeah, I have a, the same thing. And then, so like, then you see that you're like, ah, oh, is he right? You know, but it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, you know, and, and just because I'm doing something that I love for a living and I have, you know, fans and the whole thing that doesn't mean that it's not hard. And that doesn't mean that there isn't added pressure in this life anyway. I mean, I I've talked about that with a bunch of my, um, my musician peers too, where it's like, you can almost feel like, you know, you're, you're on this forward train. We we've had a lot of success. We're still on this, you know, upward swing. Sometimes you can feel like you're in the backseat of your life, you know, and it's like, I am I just along for this ride? Am I actually in control of any of this? You know, it's going by. And so you have to stop and kind of check yourself, you know, with with those mile markers as well. Like Lizzie says, it can be incredibly powerful and important for individuals in the public eye to be open about their mental health struggles. It helps to break the stigma of mental illness by letting their fan base know that their struggles don't make them quote unquote weak, which often can be a major roadblock in actually addressing their mental well-being. Publicist Health CEO Alex Von Plato agrees and shared with me why it's so important for people to be openly talking about mental health. Now, why do you think it's important to be open talking about mental health and mental illness? Because it's an experience people have in their lives, and many, many people have episodic, you know, issues with mental health issues, and um, and some people have chronic and ongoing illness, and it's one of the forms of illness that we've just been stigmatized not to discuss. You know, if you have cancer or heart disease or you broke your hip or whatever. Everybody gives you a encouragement and attaboy, but people who are suffering from illness and mental illness don't get a chance to get any encouragement and they're stigmatized and they're ostracized. And by the way, that all makes their mental illness worse. So I think that the transparency is A, it's just good. Somebody at NAMI said to me once, um, why do we think that work is toxic? Like there's this whole, you know, rhetoric and kind of, I think, shared experience in our lives that work is toxic and work is political and work is, you know, people are annoying and it's, it's unpleasant or it's hostile. Why can't it be healing? Why can't it be healing? What if we had a, an idea that work should actually be, and for many of us, we've experienced that, you know, that work is therapeutic, that work, the productivity and the camaraderie and the creativity and the collaboration at work is enlarging, it's enriching, 
So how can we double down on that part of work for people? But I think to do that, you have to admit that people are, you know, some people are struggling and, and that work for them needs to adapt in a different way. You know, if they are struggling with mental health issue, then opposed to struggling with another health care problem where we adapt. We adapt to all kinds of disabilities, right? But not, not mental health disabilities. And I think we're learning as a society that those can be accommodated as well. And people can find productive ways to live a life and have a job and have a career and have mental health issues. Well, I think one of the things that's, that's just tough, I know it was tough for me to understand just out of pure ignorance to the lifestyle, but almost everything about being a professional musician is designed to destroy your physical and mental health. I mean, there's, there's no, I mean the whole thing. And, and so it is very difficult. I think when people see number one, the end product, right? So they see a great song, great video, a great performance. And it's like, Oh, that's it. But they don't see the other 22, 23 hours of the day. And I, I mean, I, and not, I don't want to make things worse, but it's like from mm-hmm. where I'm sitting as someone who like all the things that you guys have to do are all of the things that I right from the get go when someone's struggling with depression, I'm like, okay, can't do this. Can't do this. Yeah. Can't do this. Have to have like regular sleep, have to have regular eating, have to have regular exercise, start to reduce stress. It's like, Nope, 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 nope. Like you guys really don't do any of that stuff for the most yeah, when, part. When you're on the road, it's, it's, it's difficult to do any of that. You know, I, the, I mean, the sleep thing is really hard to control, <laughs> usually in a moving vehicle <laughs> when, the, when you're trying to make that happen. Um, the eating right, uh, it, it's something that I have to plan for. The exercise is whenever you can, depending on the schedule in the day. And then there is, uh, you know, all the other things that go along with this lifestyle that, you know, the vices that can be put in your, you know, in your path, you know, and, and it's not, and, and not only are all of the vices readily available, but they're encouraged like, oh, did you have a hard day? Like, oh, let me, let me grab you a drink. So you have to watch those things as well. And I see a lot of people that kind of slip under because none of that stuff helps with depression. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, (laughs) having a drink after a hard day doesn't always, doesn't fix a whole lot. (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you like the, the overwhelming majority of the people who I work with who struggle with panic attacks, they, they come to me for their first panic attack was when they were mm-hmm. hungover. It's almost always that because what, you know, what happens is you're just like, what on earth is happening to me? Like, this is horrible. And if you don't immediately attribute it to the, the mm-hmm. hangover, you can really start having all things. Yeah. Am yeah, I having what's a heart happening? attack? Yeah. Am I dying? And, and once that, and once that starts, it's now it's got its own mm-hmm. life. And, and yeah, I could see, like you said, I mean, just in the course of having fun, not even again, nothing having to do with feeling depressed, not to do just, Hey, I'm having this drink, that drink. And then by the end of the day, it's like, wow, I had a few and waking up the next day and not having slept well. And all of a sudden you're like, what, Yeah. you know, and, and, and what are you going to do? Like when you're having a panic attack on the road, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know what somebody would do in that um, circumstance. The, the last time it happened to me, it was in an airport. Uh, we were on a layover and it was, uh, you know, after la- last day of tour. So like everyone, same thing. Everyone was kind of partying the night before, you know, I had had a, maybe one too many glasses of wine and we're on a layover and it was something, I don't know what really triggered it. I was answering emails and then all of a sudden it was just this feeling of just overwhelmed. I couldn't necessarily catch my breath and my heart was beating super fast. And, and my immediate thought was, oh no, I've done something to myself and you know, same thing, heart attack, whatever. And then, uh, two of my bandmates were with me and they're like, you know, you're all right. I'm like, yeah. And and then as soon as that ha- that happened, I, I did kind of catch myself. I'm like, no, this is just, this is just, I'm panicking. It's going to be okay. Like as soon as I try to like name it and be like, okay, that's, that's what that is. Y- you can start to calm down, but it's just like, yeah, it, it was really funny. The first couple of times that that happened was, was over, lockdown. And I used to get it in like high school and stuff like that, just like pressures and, and all that, but like not in 
I can't remember the last time it had been, it been years, but it was crazy during lockdown because same thing. I'm like, I'm going on this kind of roller coaster ride and, you know, dealing with the depression. And then that kind of, you, you know, you spiral out a little bit because then it's like, oh, now I don't want to do anything. And I, you know, I don't want to go and work out. And, you know, I'm, I, I don't even want to look at a guitar because that makes me sad. And then you're worried about that and you can work yourself into <laughs> a panic attack from just that too. So it's like, it all, fe- the, all the monsters feed on each other, man, you know? No. And it's, it's, and it's exactly like that. The monsters feed on each other. That's a good quote. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Yeah. yeah, write, 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 write that down. That that's a good one. You know, and and the thing that's I think when people have it that really resonates, but I think it's hard for people to understand if you haven't been through it, is that the depression makes you so much more vulnerable to yeah. the panic because your your you know anxiety before it was labeled as a psychiatric disorder is is uh, is a sense that there's a risk that mm-hmm. there's a threat. If you're weakened from depression, you're in a much more vulnerable state. And so you get depressed, then you have the panic attack because your body's like, hey, you're not ready to yeah. handle much. But then the panic gets people so much more depressed because it's like, oh my God, now I'm terrified of this thing happening to me. And the spiral of panic and depression is, is yeah. horrible. I'm so lucky to have some amazing bandmates that understand this um, about myself. And like, I, at one point in time, I like, I, I was so weird. I, I sent an email, you know, to, to the guys and just kind of explaining some of the things that I had learned in therapy. And, and I'm like, you know, we don't always talk about this stuff, but I just want you guys to be aware. And it was like this amazing weight that was kind of lifted from my shoulders because I had talked with somebody outside of just, you know, one-on-one therapy about it. And so, now, I mean, it, of course, you know, these things still happen that didn't like cure me of anything, but now you have this, these comrades that understand that this, these are going to, these things are going to happen occasionally. And so the last time I was like, literally like they, they call it spinning out because they're like, okay, I know you're like, you know, whatever you're, you're going through some things in your head, but just so you know, what you're thinking is valid, but also these are some things that you can't control. And so you like st- stop worrying about the things that you can't control. And so it's nice to have that, um, that sounding board because I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I'm worried about something that doesn't actually matter. You know, cause I, I can do that with myself. You know, it's, what is it? They say it's spinning out. I call it spiraling out, but <laughs> you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> Well, and can I tell you that that thing that if I'm if I'm getting right, what they were saying, that combination is so important. I I, I always try to talk to people. It's like you've got to be able to both validate and problem solve. If you if you only do one or the other, it it, it's you know, it's better than nothing, but it, it can lead in a bad direction. And so that validation part that they're like, hey, you know, you you you've got some points in your head that make sense, but or and yeah. like, let's talk about, you know, having one foot in each place is so important because, you know, problem solving without validation, it just, I, to me, it, it just makes me want to yell yeah. louder. It's like, oh, oh, you're fine. No, I'm not like, you're fine. It's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that you know yeah. that I'm not fine. And I don't know how you want to do this, but I'm pretty sure I can yell a lot louder than you can. <laughs> so I'm, you know. Like you, and it's like, and it, that's kind of like talking to someone else, but also talking in your own head is that if you don't listen to yourself, your, your body's mind is just going to yeah. be like, fuck you. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, we're, we're taking this all exactly. the way. You like, know? You, you know, something's wrong. Uh, what, what helped me. And I don't know whether this will help anybody that, that have, you know, a friend that they're trying to help through their depression or some of uh, those anxiety attacks. But what makes me feel better and this, this happened with Joe, I, my guitar player, Joe was a big help with that because he would make, he would make me say it. He's like, he's like, all right, what are you worried about? What's it? No, just say it out loud to me. Like, what are, what are the problems? And I would do that. And there were some things that were legitimate, like, okay, I'm worried about this. And then there were other things that as I put it out there, it was like, oh yeah. Okay. That's it. Like, <laughs> And un- unfortunately, sometimes he can be a bit sarcastic. And so I'd, I have to combat that as well, you know, because it's like it, it would be things like, you know, what one of these days 
everyone's going to know that I'm a fraud. Everyone's going to know I'm not the smartest thing in, in the in the world. Maybe I'm not the best musician. Can I even write a good song? You know, those things. And and so he would be like, well, obviously you can write a good song. We've seen you do it. You you know, <laughs> you have other, a lot of people, you know, you're, you're a good musician. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't that kind of thing. And it's like, Okay, yes, but it's it's hard for me to believe that sometimes, you know, when you can get your in your own way. And so like that was one example of all right, let's talk it out and let's try to instill like okay, here's you know, the logic behind what you're feeling, you know, understanding that those are real feelings, but here's the evidence otherwise. I, I first of all just want to give a shout out to Joe because that is strong partner support behavior. That that guy's a good guitarist, but he sounds like a particularly oh, good absolutely. partner in this absolutely. way. Um, I, I am so grateful because I mean, it, when I was, when I was growing up in my family, I always thought that I was the stable one in my family. <laughs> and then you, you have these relationships with, you know, your bandmates and then with, with Joe and, 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 and I realized over the past couple of years, like, no, I'm like, I'm the one that's like, I need the support, <laughs> you know, I need it. And, um, he's just been such a, such a rock for me. Cause I've, you know, not, not trying to be disparaging on myself, but like, I've put him through a lot of shit and he's there and he understands the reasonings why. And is able to be that sounding board when I need somebody. And he's also not, and, and none of my guys are, but he's not a, a yes person. You know, he's not going to just be like, okay, whatever you want, you know, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, there's, there's always that unbridled <laughs> honesty, you know, and, um, and that's, that's good to have because I know that when I'm talking to him, he's not just going to tell me what I want to hear to, calm me down in some way. It's like, it's, it, we're going to have an actual conversation about it. And, and it's so, it, it's interesting. Cause I, I just wanted to pick up on a couple of things there, but number one, just the latter, it's so, it's so important, especially when you're dealing with mental health issues to have somebody that you trust, because, you know, in some ways it's like, Oh, he's not just going to be a yes man, but it also means that he's willing to tolerate difficult mm -hmm. things, you know, because n nobody, nobody, I, mean, I shouldn't say this. I, I will speak for myself. I don't want to anger my wife, you know what I mean? Although she, she may disagree if she were here, <laughs> but you know, but, but, but like by the same token, you know, it's like if there may be times where I feel like, okay, I've got to be honest. Like I, I'm going to try to choose the honesty or she'll choose honesty with me over what's, what's easy. And, and that sucks at the time because who wants to deal with it? But that's when you know that when you're talking about something that is difficult, like anxiety, like depression, like they're just not going to yes you to get mm -hmm. through it. You know what I mean? And, and, and you, you need that from somebody because in those moments you don't, I mean, to be honest, you don't really believe that people get what you're going through or are going to be honest about Absolutely. it anyway. And you know, I've had to learn that it's okay if I don't always have my shit together and I've, I live, you know, and, and I guess, I guess this is partially because, you know, I've, I've been the, the spearhead of my band since I was 13 years old. There's a lot of stuff that I have to keep together. And, um, so anytime that something is wrong or I don't feel like I can handle something, it almost, to me, it almost feels like failure and, and I'm embarrassed about it. And I don't always want to admit that I, that I'm not okay. And, um, I've had to learn through being in my, my relationship with, with Joe that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to talk about that, especially to your partner and somebody that you trust because they want you to do that. They want you to be just as open and honest with them. Even if it means, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I don't know why I'm sad right now. Even if you don't have an explanation for it, you know, you, just to be able to have somebody there that can be that, that stability and that rock for you. You know, it took, it took me a while to like be okay with handling that. Cause I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I, I usually have my shit together. I work very hard to make sure I do. So when you feel like you don't, again, that whole, you know, 
monsters feeding each other thing, then you feel like, okay, come on, I should be able to handle this. Why am I not handling it? And then it feels even worse when you have to kind of admit that <laughs> to somebody else that you, that you want to think, like you want them to admire you as well. And you want them to, uh, to see you at your best, you know, because of that. And, uh, and so when that doesn't happen, it's like, it's, I've had to learn to be able to do that and to hand it over. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because one of the things that, that I've found, I mean, look, you, you never want, you know, to have somebody suffer to effectively create a relationship yeah. opportunity, <laughs> yeah. right? Obviously <laughs> like, you know, you never want that, but, but it, it it's it, to me, those moments where, I mean, because like, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's like, if somebody's perfect, I guess that's great. Like, it's kind of like looking at a perfect painting or something like that. Like, but it, it, it as a relationship, I don't know what it really gets people so much. And don't get me wrong for any of the perfect people out there. <laughs> like, I'm sure the relationships are good. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being perfect, but the, there, there's something about those moments that I would imagine if Joe were here, he would probably agree that it's this, this opportunity to be able to have that, that depth of mm -hmm. the relationship, that intimacy. And I, I would, I would have to imagine that while he's not thrilled that you're in a bad place, but I would bet that the opportunity to mm -hmm. be there is not thrilling. Cause that, that's not maybe the right term, but I think, uh, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people, when they struggle, it's hard to see. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh man, like, you know, like we're not just in the relationships for, the good yeah. things like it's like this is this is go time like it's it, it this is when it matters and i i think it can feel really good to be able to be there for somebody who who's yeah it, it was such a weird concept for me to discover uh you know through our own journey is that when we've had these conversations where he'll be you know he'll literally say to me like no i i want to know you know i'm here you don't have to go off and try to do this by yourself. And it's like, it's almost like that's the thing that he would be disappointed in if I don't bring it up and I don't lean on him because that's what, exactly what he wants me to do. And that it's almost like, well, then do we have a relationship? You know, it's like, what, where, where is that communication line and why don't you trust me enough? So I try to think about it in the opposite. Whenever I, whenever I'm <laughs> you know, like what you're saying, like, I, I just want to kind of gloss over things and, and try to make it easier <laughs> to get through, you know, cause I don't want to bug anybody or I don't want to bring anybody's day down. But then the opposite is true because you do more damage by doing that. And then trying to just hunker down and figure it out on your own, then, then actually leaning on the people that have, have literally opened themselves up to you. Yeah. And it's, you know, whether it's, it's my wife or kids or sometimes, you know, friends, will 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 call you know just just be like hey can i you know talk to you about something and they're like and and they'll be like ah oh, i'm sorry to burden yeah. you and i'm just you know it's just like man do you know do you know how badly i would feel if i knew that you were out there suffering mm -hmm. and and you could have exactly. picked up the phone and i had that ch i had that chance to like be there for you i mean not, not that it's like pressure like you know i don't want people to feel like pressure that oh you got to call me right away but it's like Oh man, like, no, I would, I'd never yeah. want. And I, I think most people, at least the people who, who you'd want in your life, it would be the the same thing. Like, I, you know, you, you, this is, you know, you're talking about like purpose as a band, but this is also like, you know, people's purpose in life. Like we're here to, you know, be yeah. there for each other in a way. And, and I, I, you know, I don't want, want the idea of someone out there, like, you know, feeling badly because they didn't feel like they feel like it'd yeah. be a burden. It's like, what do you, what do you think? What do you think I do with my time? Like, this is like, you know. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> Dr. Mike. <laughs> no, but just, I mean, just as a, but even, even before yeah. that, just as a friend, like, I'm, you know, like watching, I'm watching TV. I'm not going to want to like, yeah. you know, talk to you about something that's going on. Like, of course, like, you know, you always yeah, have time and for that. It's, it's good to, to, to reverse the roles too. Like, I, I think about that with like, I would do the same thing if, you know, my little brother was struggling, you know, in with with something, but he didn't want to call me because he didn't want to, you know, burden me or because that I would be more upset at that. <laughs> I'd be like, why didn't you call me? You know, we're here. Talk to me. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, so uh, you try to keep that in mind when you're going through it on the opposite sense. You know, but there's also something else that it sets up. And I, I remember when I was uh, when I was training in grad school and and one of my supervisors said something about this topic that was really important. They said, you know, you have to 
learn how to be comfortable with the things about you that are not perfect because then the, your partner will know that it's okay for them not to be mm. perfect too, or your kids will know. And, and that's, that's, I think that's something that's always been very difficult for me to absorb because it, it, it's like, I know intellectually that mm. makes sense, but it's so hard to think like, well, if you show like, especially, especially somebody like in your situation, it's like, you know, if you considering how much you have to present mm -hmm. publicly, you know what I mean? And that's why I think it's so powerful for your fans, because it's like everybody knows the pressure that you're under to like, you know, get things right. And for you to be able to be like, hey, I don't always have things right. It's like that. Well, it's like, that, oh, that means maybe I don't maybe have to get things Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that that is such a powerful like sort of change in a in a culture, whether it's a couples or families or a fan base that can make all the difference in the world. Because if you're walking around thinking you have to be perfect, it doesn't even feel good to be perfect because you could just yeah. slip the next minute. Exactly. You know? And and it's helpful to me too to be open, especially, you know, even, you know, online with our fan base, uh, you know, I've, I've slowly but surely been peeling back the layers of of the onion. Um in, in a public way because it actually it helps me too because it's almost like confessional you know it's like you put it out there then there's no there's no more responsibility to be perfect because I've already said this that I'm not and then also you do get that kind of validation with within like the fan base because then it becomes a conversation that you have back and forth and in that same way because I'm in a position where it maybe can look like yeah, everything's fine and dandy all the time by talking about these things and talking about the imperfections or the insecurities that I go through. It can make them feel not alone, but then also I feel like, okay, you know, it's like, it's going to be all right if, if I'm not that way. And so, um, so that, that, that's been a wonderful part of my life. And, you know, to the point that I get letters and, you know, from parents and things like that about, things like this that we're doing right now. And somebody's watching this and be like, oh, I have to make sure that my daughter watches this so that she knows, you know? And, um, and I just love that. And it's a, it's a beautiful position to be in. And, and, you know, the, and the more open and honest and unapologetic that I am with the world, with my relationships, my personal relationships, my public relationships, I feel like the the better I become and the more ownership that I can have. One of our songs off of our new album, uh, Wicked Ways, is kind of like on, on the underneath the surface. The surface is kind mm. of about that because, and even my redemption, but it's, but some of the mistakes that I've made, the, the bigger ones in my life, they can kind of come back to haunt you. And there are still some things that I kind of deem unforgivable, even though they've been you know, for forgiven, you know, um, and, and let go and nobody really cares anymore except for me. And, Yeah. And, and the, the term that you use that I, I, I definitely try to talk about with people is talking about a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that most times when we're in our heads, it's not a conversation. It's an argument. It's a beat down. It's a it's a torching. It's like it's 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 not a conversation. And just being willing to say, you know, even talking about these people online instead of saying, like, why are you complaining? It's like, no, I'm, I'm actually curious. Why? Why are you? Why are mm -hmm. you struggling? You know, like that opens up mm -hmm. everything. Like, and I, I would definitely like encourage people just as that first step is just, just, just listen to yourself and talk to yourself and like sort of try to understand rather than yeah. beat down what you're going through. Cause that, that always will lead mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, like you can, you'll eventually figure out what's going on. But if it's a beat down or if it's an argument, it's like, I, you know, no one really wins an argument. Yeah, at especially the end of the with day. yourself. It's <laughs> it's the hardest converse, hardest argument to win. Um, I absolutely agree, and it's something that I have to keep in mind because when those feelings and those those thoughts come in, you have to validate those feelings. Like the feel having feeling sad, feeling angry, um, feeling happy, feeling whatever. It, feelings are good, but we we 
we reference things like sadness and anger as bad. So instead of us having the conversation with ourselves, like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? Why is this happening right now? Trying to figure it out and have, again, that conversation, not that argument, we're trying to push it away because it's bad, bad feelings. We don't want to deal with it. So you're either pushing it down or you're trying to channel it in, in not a healthy way. But yeah, that's the, that's interesting. I, I really like that, that, that you brought up that because I, I feel like that's kind of a tool in my back pocket that I, I can take forward be like, yes, just, you know, let's just sit down and talk this through. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's this idea. I mean, and listen, I, I, I'm all for people who want to be more optimistic and want to be more positive. And, and that's, that's great to some extent, but if you're, there's a difference between an aspiration and mm-hmm. a mandate, an aspiration to feel good you may recognize that, look, I may have to go through some anger. I may have to go through some sadness and anxiety to get there. But if it's a mandate, it's like you said, it's like, I can't feel yeah. those things. It's bad if I feel those things. And, and yeah, like, you know, look at try, you know, if there's anyone out there who can like shout themselves down from a panic attack, I, I'd, I'd be really impressed and good luck. Cause I, it just, but most people, it just makes things worse and worse and worse because you know, like it, it's great to feel good, but it, not if you feel like you have to feel good. That's yeah, a whole different absolutely. ballgame. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I uh, I got into a couple um, activities as well, and it's and not not just using songwriting as a form of therapy. It's very therapeutic to to do those things. I have a couple different sets of journals. One just for absolute venting gibberish you know, commit yourself to like four pages and just get it out. Cause it is like you're venting, you know, to, to, to someone without actually venting to someone. I started drawing, I started painting, um, which is very therapeutic and, and, uh, just literally just having a couple different like activities to do as well. And, you know, also, you know, picking up an instrument, like you try, try to give yourself a small brain vacation, in a, in a healthy way, <laughs> you, know, I'm, I, you know, a, a, yeah. uh, a bottle of wine doesn't do it. <laughs> it, it may, it may work for a second. There, there will be a vacation, but then there's, there's going to be that, that bad next day that then you got to get there. It's feeding on itself. But, but, uh, <laughs> I've done a couple times, but yeah, no, there's, there's a big difference between distraction and mm-hmm. avoidance, you know, saying like, I know this is here. I'm not, I'm not pretending it's not, I just want to take a break from it. Like, like in an argument with someone, you know, it's like, listen, I hear what you're saying. I know there's something we have to work out. Can we just, can we just take the temperature down a little bit by doing something else? That's very different than saying there's no problem here. I don't have a problem. And I think that a lot of times, unfortunately with substances, the intention maybe sometimes starts out as I just want to give myself a break and sometimes it works, but for a lot of times people would be like, I, I just, I just don't want to yeah. deal. And eventually that that's more of the issue is you get into that habit of just being like, yeah, I don't have any, it's fine. You know, and it's like, it's, yeah, not, it's, it's not fine. It's not like, know? it's not like you, um, you fix anything from doing that you And, but at least with the healthy distractions, you can kind of, it's almost, it's like coming back to something. It's like, you know, um, you know, okay, I'm struggling with my, this guitar lesson here. Okay. My muscle memory isn't there. And it's, it's sounding whatever walk away for an hour, come back. It's actually, a, there's more clarity and you, it's a little easier to understand because you gave yourself that distraction. Same, same thing. You know, it's like you can step away and be like, I, I am going to deal with this. Um, but let me, let me get my brain together first. And then, and then you, usually you can kind of come back to that, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, on that point, you know, just as for some people, your music is sort of something that people go to, whether it's to try to work things out or to give a distraction. I, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. What what songs or artists have you gone to historically mm. to kind of help either distract or process through uh, these different kind of I issues? Have, I have a couple ones. Some are a little unexpected. Some are expected. If uh, I listen to some Judas Priest, some Dio when I want something peppier. Um, I love listening to Jeff Buckley, uh, you know, specifically the album Grace. Um, because there's a lot, there is a lot of melancholy on it, but sometimes that's 
what I need is a, a comrade, you know? Um, and then I have, I literally have a playlist that is pretty much every guilty pleasure song that I had when I was a kid. And uh, that actually is very helpful. I've gone back to that lately. Um, specifically, <laughs> I hate calling it a guilty pleasure anymore because it's it makes me feel good. But um, I listen to a lot of Michael W. Smith, uh, his catalog <laughs> when I'm down. I don't know why. It's something about like, you know, he's just like a super positive message guy, but it's it, like the ballads are like always super cheesy. And I, I say that with respect because I, I love cheesy love ballads and all that. But there's something about the nostalgia of like, I remember the last time I was really listening to that was like, you know, sixth, seventh grade, something like that before I really turned to the devil's music and got into Alice Cooper and Dio and all that. So it was this very dark and light, this like very like hard line. And then I didn't listen to it for years, but it, there's something about the nostalgia of listening to something that maybe you were listening to when you were 11 and made you feel something. And, uh, that, that, that is quite helpful with, um, with turning my day around sometimes, or even if it's like late at night, I'm in the bunk. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on. Nobody can hear me. <laughs> Here's my headphones, you know? And then, and, and but still to this day, even though the, the guys understand, you know, like, and they've, they've, I've readily admitted to a lot of my guilty pleasure music, but to this day, it's still like, one of them's like, oh, what do you listen to? I'm just like, oh, you know, just stuff. It's like, I won't actually, <laughs> I still won't say it. <laughs> but yeah. No, and I think that's so important, like, because, and I, it's something I definitely encourage people. It's like, whatever you feel like, especially when it comes oh, yeah. to music, you know, sometimes, you know, like you said, the melancholy, like, you know, you need, like, sometimes you need something that matches Mm -hmm. where you're at. And sometimes you need something that's exactly yeah. the opposite. And, and, and who's to say what and when, but I would definitely like for anyone who's out there, it's just, you know, whatever music feels like is right for you at that time, for whatever reason, go for it, go for it. Cause, cause who even knows what, what's, be, what's yeah, happening. Be, uh, you and yeah, be absolutely brutally unapologetic about it because it's, it, whatever it is, it's a tool in your arsenal. And that's what music is there for. It doesn't matter who it is or what it is, or, you know, if you like Pennsylvania polka music and that brightens your day, actually, that's a really good, <laughs> I should, I should probably get into that. Cause I feel uh, like there's something joyful about polka music. I, I have to, I, I have to confess. I was kind of hoping we start talking about Pat Benatar just cause I want any excuse to talk oh, about Pat okay, Benatar. So, so. I guess now, 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 now we, we have, have. I just yeah, <laughs> well, I was no going to say you just mission accomplished, but those early records of, of Pat Benatar, and I think she's touring soon and I don't know where she's touring, but I want to try to see her. That is actually, I grew up on that as well. So like I have this whole playlist and she's in there as well, you know, cause I love a good, like promises in the dark. Come on. It's beautiful. Uh, um, I, I did 100%. that for karaoke the last time we went for karaoke and it was awesome. I'm just like, well, I wonder if I remember how to sing all of this. And, um, it was so cute because it, we were in this small bar and like, you know, nobody knew who I was in the bar, but this like sweet older lady that, that was like sitting with her husband having lunch. She came up, she's like, you should be on American Idol. <laughs> and I'm like, ha ha, still got it. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great idea. No, you put promises in the dark and heartbreaker mm. like afterwards. Like I, I feel like whatever relationship issues are coming up, or it's like uh, I don't know. Somehow those are those are going to solve them. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure of the mechanism, but I, I completely know, agree. I it'll completely do agree. it. We used to cover heartbreaker back in the day, and we should bring that back. I don't know. Maybe put that on an EP or something. That'd be fun. That's uh, th that would be very cool. And then you can insert that lyric that I'm now forgetting. Oh the yeah, monsters. what did you say? Um, uh, the the monsters feed on each other. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if, so so if just as a as a as a sort of uh, like action plan, a song that has monsters that feed on each other and and some kind of cover of yeah. Pat Benatar, that that I, would be I, wonderful. I, so, I, you know. I think that's my homework for the <laughs> for the week. <laughs> Until next thank, time. Yes. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well. Listen, Lizzie, always great talking with you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is, you know, as 
we've talked about before, you do not have to be doing this. And the fact that you're out here talking about these tough issues, uh, I know helps a lot of people. So thank you. Thank uh, you th so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity because, you know, like I said, the inspiration comes full circle. And, and every time that I talk to you, it, it is almost like this, you know, accidental therapy session because, uh, well, because, you know, I start learning a little bit more about what I'm actually talking about by, by talking through it with somebody that knows. And so, um, I just, I appreciate the opportunity for any time to learn some new tricks and also you're delightful. And I just enjoy talking to you as a person. No, so, thank, <laughs> so you. thank you. So there it is. Lizzie Hale talking about how monsters feed on each other when she struggles with panic and depression. Now, there's so much to take away from the conversation with Lizzie. But one of the things I wanted to highlight is when Lizzie and I were talking about the concept of being a burden to others. This is a very delicate subject for people who struggle with mental health issues. The reason is that mental illness can feel like such a burden to us that we assume that everyone else will also see it as a burden. And there are, in fact, many people out there who are neither willing nor able to handle when we share our mental health issues. So they make us feel like a burden. And so it is very prudent for us to be careful with who we pick for support. Because when we are struggling with depression or panic or whatever our mental health issue may be, finding people who are not helpful or even harmful can worsen rather than improve our mental health. And we may have to test the waters with different people over time to find people or groups that are in fact supportive. Maybe it can start with a good friend or family member. Maybe it needs to be a good mental health professional. But what's important to remember is that the right people are the ones who do not make us feel like a burden. They are the ones who welcome the opportunity to help us when we are struggling, because they understand that this is part of the foundation of a strong and healthy relationship, where people can go to each other during difficult times, such as when Lizzie says she's quote-unquote spinning out. And both her brother RJ and her boyfriend and bandmate Joe really provide that for her. And if we can both be supportive of the people in our lives and give people the opportunity to help us when we struggle, we realize that even though our mental health can feel like a burden, it is not a burden. I want to thank Lizzie Hale for this wonderful conversation and Alex Von Plato of Publicis. This season of Going There is brought to you by the fine folks at the Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson, who never stop working to create a future where disease is a thing of the past. This month's episodes of Going There focus on depression and are specially presented by Publicis Health, the world's leading healthcare communications network. Publicis Health envisions a world where people are equipped and motivated to take control of their health and they believe there is no health without mental health. To learn more about Publicis Health's mental health initiatives, visit www.publicishealth. That's www.publicishealth.com slash mental dash health. I also want to thank Consequence Podcast Network and Sound Mind Live for including me in this wonderful project. And thanks to Pete Wilson and the Rooks for letting us use their song, I Know. If you are struggling with anxiety, depression, or addiction and are looking for help, please call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration National Helpline at 1-800-622-4357. If you're thinking about harming yourself and want to seek help, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You may also go to the Sound Mind Live and Consequence websites for more information. So be healthy, be safe, and be kind to yourself and others. See you next time at the crossroads.